Welcome back to the Starting Five Podcast on SB Nation, Grizzly Bear Blues. I am the one P Shark. I am proactive Scarlito today. I, I'll tell y'all why. Ladies and gentlemen, this your guy Trevor. You know who I am. You know who I be on the court as far as the corner man. I'm not at Dylan Brooks Island this time. I'm actually on a special council, and you're about to find out why. Yeah, uh, this is going to be real interesting about some special counsel. But it's really cheating, man. Throwing it down to the big fella for his ice day. Ice day, founders day. I appreciate it, Sheedy. What's going on, y'all? It's at Tim Shakir. Shout out to the bros. 858. Founders day special. Hope y'all had a good one. Yep. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Happy founders day, my guy. Happy, Happy founders day. day, my guy. Of course, of course. Happy founders day, too. Appreciate it, brother. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But to get the show started, last time recorded two, was two weeks ago, and the Grizzlies had six games between that time. I don't remember everybody's predictions, but I did predict them to go four and two. He didn't miss a game or two, but they did go four or two, <laughs> like, I, like I predicted for sure. But uh, coming from the first game, losing the Sacramento, same thing kind of appears free throw shooting. Still seems like it's a you know a recurring thing. Hopefully, Desmond Payne comes back and saves that. Pretty soon, blow out New Orleans, find a way to beat the Knicks in New York. Had the most flattest game I've ever seen as a Grizzly in Minnesota. Brown the Cat gets hurt the game before. Come back home, defeat Philadelphia 76ers. Frustrated Embiid, although he still dropped 35 on us. But, and being the Detroit Pistons on today, right before we record this episode. Going to the Miami Heat game, get Sheedy and my Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, Tandle going on. But, what are your thoughts about the Grizzlies for two past two weeks? Yeah, and I think even to take it further back, I think that was right around the time that Jock got hurt, right? So I don't even think from that podcast to this one, we were even sure that if Jock, how long Jock would be out. So first of all, shout, was to, shout out to him for like to be able to bounce back from the injury and only miss. I think he only missed like one game. So that was definitely shocking for me. I'm pretty sure not even just for me, but all of us for sure. So I think just between that, um, I mean, and you can't ignore the obvious of Jaron Jackson Jr. and how aggressive he looks, how bigger he looks. And so between that and you still have Dylan Brooks, you know, giving him or giving the team, you know, everything that he can and John Morant still playing at a high level, the, the Grizzlies actually had a pretty decent, you know, you know, five, six game stretch, if you ask me. Now, again, that, that game in Minnesota hurts because, you know, that's a game that, they're better than the, the Timberwolves at like they, they should almost be able to sleepwalk and still get their W and they sleepwalked and didn't get the W. So that one's a little concerning for me for sure. But I'm just, you know, really proud of the guys, really proud of the the coaching staff for being able to kind of turn what was it seemed like a kind of a nightmare, you know, a week or two ago to a pretty decent stretch uh, where you had your your star guys kind of kind of leading the way. Yeah, uh, you couldn't ask for a much better stretch from the Grizzlies from the six games. Four and two uh, was actually pretty great. I actually also had them four and two. The only thing with me is I had them off by a game. I had the Sacramento and New Orleans game uh, swap, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it. It is what it is. Um, the play that we're getting from Jaron Jackson Jr., I'm just going to come right out and say it. I'm enjoying it. I like it. He's being more aggressive. He's not just sitting out at the three-point line taking threes. He's actually getting to the basket. He's getting fouled. He's getting free throws. 
Um, I would like to see more of this from Jerry. I'm not even concerned about the rebounds at this point. The fact that he's being aggressive on the offensive end, you already know what he's giving you on the defensive side of the ball, and that's shown plenty um, with this game, just this past game today against the Pistons, against Philly, and so forth and so forth. Yeah, came out a little flat against the Minnesota Timberwolves, as I predicted for some reason. I did not think that they would show up, and I think Cat being out, just going out and just – them just thinking it was going to be a cakewalk. It's probably one of the reasons why, but hey, it, nice like that happened in the NBA. Um, for John Moran to actually bounce back, I believe, the very next game um, since we recorded, <laughs> since we last recorded, uh, of course, you got to give kudos to him. and He's been amazing and as scheduled as all as always, but it is finally time, and these other three people on this podcast need to do so. It is time that you guys acknowledge Dylan Brooks as the grandson. He's probably been the most consistent Grizz all season long. He leads the league in plus minus. The only time he hadn't had a plus minus, he had a negative plus minus, was the Minnesota game that we just referred to, which nobody showed up with that game. And the New York game. And the ironic thing about the New York game, he actually shot well in that game. He was 8 for 16 overall in the New York game. Um, And then he Shot pretty decent tonight. I mean, he shot 7 to 20 against Detroit, but you'll take the 5 to 10 from three any day if if he's going to take 20 shots. If half of those are threes and he hitting half of his threes. Uh, but, yeah, it's time to acknowledge Dylan Brooks as the grandson. Give that man his respect. Give him his due. Um, let's just hope that he can continue this <laughs> and not go out and try to shoot another 30 shots. But uh, all in all, man, overall just a great, stretch of games for the Grizz, and we'll see what happens now with this upcoming home stretch. Yeah, the kudos starts with, like we said already, it's been mentioned, like, John Morant coming back, like, right after his injury. Like, we didn't foresee – we didn't know how long it would be. I mean, I think after we recorded, they come out about how long he'd be done, which was not even anything. And he still dropped 34 points um, against the Kings. Um, And then I will acknowledge uh, Dylan Brooks against the – um, the Pelicans. Without him, we don't really win that game, right? Um, he was our leading scorer that night. Um, we finally kind of got over the hump, I feel like, which is playing against New Orleans in that Zion type of curse, so to speak, uh, of winning. Um, I was the bad guy. I said two and four. Um, we definitely went four and two, improved it. And I love what Stephen Adams did uh, with the intangibles with Joel and BB. Yeah, I get it. He still put 35 up, but that is what it is. But I mean, to think that he still grabbed 16 rebounds and a, a few of those were offensive against Joe Ombi, who is an MVP candidate. Um, it's nothing to sneeze that. And again, this team is still without its best shooter, Desmond Bain. Um, and so we still have another cog in the piece that's very substantial to add, you know, Zaire Williams, of course, as well as another defender, another uh, rotational player that we're missing as well. A lot of people talk about injuries. We don't talk about injuries. We talk about who's uh, who's ready to play, who's available, and how we're going to win those games. And to go four and two in that stretch, um, you know, yeah, we look lethargic against Minnesota. But guess what? To me, I feel like Minnesota, us versus Minnesota is Minnesota Super Bowl. So if they win that game, <laughs> congratulations. Last time I checked, the NBA plays a seven-game series. So, yes, you may win one, but this is the first two four to win, period. And the last time I checked, and we had to talk about this early on through the Hardaway, they have a horrendous coach that has no idea what he's doing. So, 
until that gets fixed, they can have this win because everyone needs a win. Even the Pistons win. Even the Kings are up. Even the um, the Spurs will win again eventually. So kudos to you guys in Minnesota, but it won't be again or in the playoffs, I should say, when it really, really matters. I still think that that's yes to be seen as far as the Timberwolves go because if you if, when when I look at the Rudy Gobert trade, the first and only thing literally that came to my mind was we need to find a way to beat these Grizzlies because we should have beat them in the playoffs. I think that was the move that kind of solidified that. And with them beating us, I think that we don't need to give them that kind of confidence booster as the season goes along because she, you are right. This is the the Super Bowl for the Timberwolves, if you will. But if we expect the Grizz to be, you know, a top three, top six, you know, top three team at the end of the season and into the playoffs and we go against them, like I said, they give Rudy Gobert literally to beat the Grizzlies. So if they beat us, then, you know, that's a job well done for them. So and it's a job well bad for us. But Trev, what's up? Do you want do you get Rudy Gobert to beat us in the regular season or do you want Rudy Gobert to beat us in the playoffs? I want us, I, of course, me being a Grizz fan that I am, of course, I want us to beat them in the playoffs. But at the same time, them getting Rudy Gobert. No, I'm, no, I'm speaking from if from in the perspective of Minnesota. Do you go get Rudy Gobert to beat the Grizz in the regular oh, in the season, or in the do you do it now? Do you think Minnesota is even going to get to that spot where they even have a matchup with the Grizz, judging on how they're looking right now? By, by the based on how they're looking now, I don't think so. But I do expect them to make some kind of move. Either that's with Cat, who's averaging his career low in points right now, or in the coaching staff, or maybe even both. But like I said, with, with with that move with Rudy Gobert, it's to stop, you know, John Morant from doing what he's supposed to do in the Timberwolves game. And it kind of helped because he went one for four in the fourth quarter. So I don't know if that was a coaching thing. I don't know if that was a job thing. I don't know if that was a us thing. But we, we got to figure it out because we can't be given a team who was constructed to beat us that kind of confidence as the season goes on. That's kind of what I wanted to focus my, you know, my attention on this week. Grizz did a hell of a job this week. Uh, Steven Adams still top five, top six and rebounding. Uh, shout out to us for, I guess, giving Jaron the, not the, the 10 game, you know, exercise that we wanted to give him, but the A game. And, you know, he's coming and doing what we expected. You know, we wanted him to get more than six rebounds and giving us seven. We wanted him to give us more than 15, 17. He was giving us last season. He's given us 19 and, you know, he's given us three blocks. So, I mean, we can't really ask more from Jaron Jackson. Um, as well, as far as you, uh, Trevor, you say you want to come and make a new console, but still, you know, give Dylan Brooks his props is kind of funny. But I will be nice. I will give him his props. This Acknowledge episode. him as your grandson. I will not do such a thing until God tells me to do so. And he, God, hadn't, he hadn't told me. For to God do so, so loved the Grizz that he made Chris Waters <laughs> draft Dylan Brooks. Acknowledge <laughs> that man as the grandson. That no, man this, probably no been you did most. not put Dylan Brooks and Chris Wallace in the same sentence. And you know damn well how I feel about both of them. But <laughs> well, that's, that's who drafted him. Guys. Remember that. Remember I'm that. not going to acknowledge him until I can, but I will acknowledge that he's been playing a, a hell of a lot better. I like what I'm seeing from Dylan, but at the same time, pump your brakes there, buddy. Pump, pump your brakes there. I, it's nothing to pump. He's been the most consistent degree as the entire season if you really want to keep it a buck. Which is totally fine, but right, it's <laughs> October, November, December. And I'd rather have this conversation in, you know, March, April, May. That's fine. That's, That's fine. About it. That's what I'm That's saying. Fine. That's what I'm saying. That's fine. Hey, I, I said I hope you keep he's it up. He's been consistent. He's been consistent. Yeah. I give him that. Yep, I did, a, I think, a game preview last week. 
before the Minnesota game. And I was just looking at like the recent stretch of the triple threat is why I called them John Jerry and Dylan right now. And it's going to be a core four when Desmond Bain returns because Dylan, his plus minus is like, I mean, his plus is just, I mean, every single game, it was like plus 16, plus 14, plus 12, <laughs> even the games we lost plus 10. It was like, wow. Like he definitely makes an impact some way, somehow on the court, on defense, especially putting pressure on the, other team's best player at the leading ball handling on the other team. That Sacramento game in the fourth quarter, yeah, Ja went off my offense, but J- uh, Dylan on defense made a huge difference in that fourth quarter, basically forcing Darren Fox into a trap each time he got to half court and forcing the steal or a turnover in some form or fashion. So, uh, Trevor, you had some? Yeah, and bro, clamp Zion. Like, let's let's just keep it a babe. Yeah. Bro, legit yeah. clamp Zion. If he doesn't clamp Zion, there's not even a guarantee that Memphis wins that game against New Orleans. So, <laughs> like I said, yeah. just, just give the credit where it's due. That's all I'm asking for, at least right now. Yeah. So, like we said, consistency is key. So, we need to see it throughout the season. You know, last, what well, the last time he had like a good stretch like this, it was the year he signed his contract extension. He had a really good stretch, signed the contract extension. Then, you know, right after that, he went downhill. <laughs> especially when he, he started putting them FDAs up again. <laughs> yeah. We feel, feel happy. We're still happy, so, but you know, yeah. let's just let's just hope this stretch can this, this can continue. But one thing I can say is that Jai is getting more attempts in him. Yeah, I'm, I, I swear, I tell you, what was the game we just lost to? Where well, the one we beat Philadelphia, but Philadelphia started to make a run. I actually wanted Dylan taking more shots than Jai because Jai was like, <laughs> I don't know what he was doing in that game. The turnovers and the jacking threes, like I was like, bro, you got better at shooting. I'm glad you got the confidence, but you know, you, you ain't stealth. <laughs> right. I actually want to like, get the ball building a little bit or so. But going back of last six games, or going back to that Philly game, as a matter of fact, where who mentioned something about Steven Adams? Um, forgot who, but yeah, it's Sheedy. More just his rebounding. He was like making steals. I mean, he was getting out of transition. He made a steal and had a uh, transition dunk. Steven Adams? I'm like, I ain't seen that. <laughs> right. So it was no things I ain't seen him do. Probably since his rookie year in that game, and that was really nice to see, especially taking on the chance to the guard and Joel and B. And Jaron Jackson, as we all allude to, we're gonna do the eight games instead of 10 games like she wanted because I mean, we 10 games coming up this week, so we might as well go on and stop it at eight. All we fast on this podcast for him to be more aggressive, and he, I'll tell you, he looked like a totally different player. It, look, it looks like what we want him to work on coming this offseason, he's worked on despite having a foot injury, even his post game, he's actually. When he has a small defender, he's actually posting up the small defender or taking him off the triple. Like, there's things like we got tired of him not doing shit you had. Okay. Yep. So, no, I'm sorry. No, keep going. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Cut. Okay. All right. You good? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Jaron, right, proud of him. Just keep it. Same thing. Dylan, keep it. Consistency is key. We need y'all to keep it rolling. And when Desmond Bang gets back, the sky's the limit. I know they already evaluated him this week. I think Zaire is coming back before him, though. Zaire is already playing five on five. So I think he will probably be back this week. At some point this week, it's feeling like Desmond Bain, they are going to reevaluate him this week. So we'll know more this week about when he's coming back. Hopefully, knock on wood, nobody else gets hurt because I feel like when somebody returns, somebody else gets hurt. So let's hope for the best. <laughs> we actually get everybody in the court at the same time for once in our lifetime. But shout out to the Grizzlies. Really good stretch. Shout out to Ja coming back early. But I did want to kind of discuss a little more about the triple day and just really into honing in on what Jaron is doing. Like, he scored 20-plus points in six of his eight games. He even had a four-game stretch where he scored 20-plus. And he's averaging seven rebounds a game. Go figure. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I said six to eight, and he right in the middle at seven. Look at that man. Yeah, he's crazy. had games where, like today, he only had three, but he last game he had ten. Right. He's had he's he's had them games, but even uh, like, defense, he blocks. Like he's not getting in foul trouble no more. Yeah, he's it's like he lost a game, man. It's, yeah, go. go ahead. You because we were saying about to say the same thing, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was saying he averaged like he said multiple games where he said like five, four or five blocks in. I'm like, man, this is a different dude right here. <laughs> you could tell somebody looked at the film. You could tell somebody I was hoping when Clay made those comments, calling him a freaking bum, that he took that to heart. It feels like somebody took that to heart. And I still want Christmas Day for them folks to run and play, pick and roll in the first play, get Clay guarding him so he could dunk out his head. But what has <laughs> happened to him a bit more? What <laughs> do y'all think uh, Jerry and Dylan both, let's not put together, do y'all think both of them are capable? Do y'all believe that they will continue to the trajectory that they're on? Um, I, I believe it's possible. I think it's something that's sustainable. I think when you talk about, you know, Triple J, I think not us on this podcast, and I think we've gotten shade before about, you know, not being fans of Triple J and, and things like that. If I can speak for the majority when I say this, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn, it's what we were asking him to do it's get the easier baskets it's to get the putback dunk it's the it's the drive to the basket because you have the mismatch get easier buckets so that way it's not you it's not you getting 20 points a game once out of every five games it's something that that's again sustainable you can get it over you know a three you know four game stretch where like it's clear that you you know you have the the advantage in most of these games and most of these matchups so it's you know be more assertive and, and take advantage of that and essentially like that's what we're doing I, I mentioned earlier that like one physically he looks bigger two mentally he looks sharper three he just looks like he has the app like literally to what you just said Sharky, he's taking probably what was said about him maybe on these different podcasts or maybe other different players throughout the league and he's probably taking that to heart and you're seeing a different triple j which is essentially nothing out sort of what we've asked for him to do on this podcast maybe it took him a little longer but hey you know not everybody you know adjusts to the game uh, of the nba at the same time and so maybe it's just now catching up to him maybe he now probably sees things before they happen and now you get this triple j so i think it's sustainable now because one you have again the or this organization like they really invest in their place and the players talk about that all the time so they have that backing and then you you see how the players react with each other, you know, post game, you know, or whether it's off the court, like they all kind of like, you know, feed off of each other and they kind of push each other to be the best version of the player that they can be. And so I think it's sustainable. And I think, you know, it's definitely something to look forward to it kind of as everybody kind of gets back healthy. Oh yeah. Right before Trevor go to kind of play devil's advocate, the response you were getting was Jared's age. And it was like, he's going to get there. <laughs> we want him to get there at that point, which I still think he could, he could have already been this player. <laughs> That's our opinion that he could already be this. <laughs> and that was, that was the thing with us. We, we knew he could be, be this type of player. We were just waiting on him to get there. We were just waiting on what was going to be that initial trigger. That's going to push Jared to finally get to that player that we know that he could be. And, Again, to my point, what I said earlier, he's not just sitting at the three-point line taking, you know, just jacking up threes. A lot of the threes that he's that he is shooting are actually easier threes are more open because he's being aggressive, getting to the getting to the paint, getting to the line, getting those easy baskets. So now when he's able to stretch out and shoot that three, 
shots much easier now than it is when you're just sitting at the three-point line just waiting on the catch-and-shoot situation. Uh, do I feel that this is a sustainable right now? Yes, as long as Jaron continues on this uh, role that he's on, Dylan, Dylan continues to play a little bit more within himself, and uh, eventually the FGAs eventually have to come down, obviously, because with Desmond Bain coming back. But as long as Dylan is taking good quality shots and not trying to do too much, then he should be fine as well. So uh, I, I think this is pretty sustainable right now until everyone gets healthy. Yeah, I, I don't think it's – how do I put this? I don't think it's as sustainable if, to the point you just made, Trevor, if Dylan Brooks continues as many shots as he makes or, or takes because that would then take away from who I believe we all proclaim as another all-star from the Grizzlies is Desmond Bain. And a shooter has to have a ball to shoot the shot. Um, and so his attempts will be down. And I hope that in the same essence I'm talking about for Jaron Jackson, that he stays aggressive because the court will open up even more with Desmond Bain coming back because they're going to have to guard the three-point line a little bit harder now because you have an even better shooter in Desmond Bain than you did, you know, before anyone else was really there for us. And so, yes, I love to see him attack. I love whatever – if him and Anthony Davis have some type of conversation that just started the, both of them being more assertive, whatever y'all talked about, had dinner, whatever, keep doing that because that's NBA. That's basketball. That's going to the rim. That's creating your seven feet around that area. Dominate. Dominate. Jer- Josh should be able to throw it down to you and you create a shot for yourself. And I've seen it happen multiple times. And there should be times when Jai is not in the game. When you have a Tyus Jones and whoever else, and you are the star, you've been named a cornerstone of the franchise to the point of everyone on this podcast. I'm going to say a little bit louder, prove it. If we are going to call him the, well, not we, but others are going to call him the cornerstone part of this franchise, then he has to prove it. Now, I'm not saying that every night. No, out of his games that he's played so far, 19 and seven with three blocks. He's playing within the realm to keep us winning games. That will work because, again, you're still missing another 20 to 24 points coming in a moment um, when that back and toe or ankle or whatever it is, not his toe, I believe now, um, that's hurt. So I believe it can be sustainable, but attempts down for Dylan Brooks and Dylan Brooks understanding his assignment, which is guard the best player, period. Defense should be his first and main priority and be ready to play make if necessary. If Jai's down or Tyus is not available, then yes, we do need that. But um, yes, attempts down, that will make it more sustainable. If we want to see this team go from a second round team to Western Conference Finals team, it is going to take everyone accepting their roles and being that person within their roles. Where Steven Adams is not out here to score, 15 points and grab 20 rebounds. He's here to cause chaos on defense, pick and roll, create a little space, grab the rebounds. And if he puts up six points a night like he did in Philly, oh, well, nobody cares about that stat line unless it comes with a W. So, again, as long as everyone understands their assignment, I believe the Grizzlies will be just fine. Yeah, I think all of you got hit it on the head, really. Um with the Grizzlies, it's it's the it's the matter of, of having a team that everybody's kind of reaching their full potential. Um, you know, and what I mean by that, I know it's a Dylan and, and, and Jaron question, but even the other guys are reaching their full potential with you know Santi averaging 10 points a game, 
uh, Big John averaging nine points a game. So I think it's sustainable because we're reaching our full potential. And Sharky, you said that, you know, once a, a Grizz go down, another come in, and once another come in, a Grizz go, a Grizz go out. That may be a blessing in disguise at some point because it's allowing other players to get more touches than they should have. You know, it's allowing Jaren to come in and kind of play, you know, kind of, I'm going to say stress-free, but in a way playing stress-free uh, because he's still trying to get his body back and he's still, but he's still putting up his numbers and he's still doing what he's asking us to do. Um, Trevor, you said that Dylan's more, most consistent right now. He's de- he's the most consistent Grizz right there and it's definitely helping. Um, but as far as, you know, when, when, when Desmond Bain come back, you know, he's still going to put up his 15, 16 shots a game. And with his effectiveness, I think that's going to do nothing but help the Grizz go on even further. And, you know, a, a question we asked early on three to Hardaway was the fact that once Desmond come back, we may be looking at the best starting five in the NBA. So with that being said, and everybody reaching their full potential, I definitely think it's sustainable for sure. Um, and just, just chemistry matters. You know, we're seeing it. We saw last year when Ja went out, you know what I'm saying? And Tyus was able to come in and then, you know, we didn't miss a beat. Now we're seeing literally every, we can literally say, you know, every player got back this season and got better. You know, with Ja Moran coming back a better shooter, Desmond uh, Desmond coming in and just doing everything better. Uh, Dylan coming in being that defensive player that he is, and he's still, you know, getting more effective and more effective. And then we just said everything about Jaren. So I think once you put everything together, we could definitely be looking at the best team in the league because who's to know, like if John Moran didn't get, get injured, we could have been saw, we could have saw the Grizz in the final two. So, you know, and I think the Grizz know that. So I think they coming in with this kind of attitude, I think is definitely sustainable. And just think you got a better Jaren now. And even like when this bank come back, it's like, I really believe I don't. I think it's sustainable. Even when Desmond Bain comes back, I think it probably take a few games to figure out. Of course, but him being like Jaren being more aggressive, Bain being out there doesn't stop that. Especially, it kind of depends on how Taylor Jenkins tweaks the lineups as well, which he has done. Like taking Jaren out towards the end of the first while leaving Ja and dealing on, then bringing Jaren in with the second unit that gets some role as he's the number one option and gets him more aggressive. So things like that, he'll probably stagger and have Ja and Dylan. Jaron and Bain or type, you know, type, kind of staggered minutes throughout the game until the end lineup in the fourth quarter. And it might include Desmond, uh, not Desmond Bain, uh, Brandon Clark in that lineup with them in the fourth quarter, which when him and Jaron always close out games, it's normally the best lineup. And Dylan, you know, too, I remember when he said he wanted to average four his game in the preseason. And you was like, Where, where's the effort, right? I got a set for you. Seven in the last eight games, he had at least four assists. And in one game he didn't, he had three. <laughs> so hey, consistency means, is key, brother. We say it all the time. <laughs> just give me consistency and I bag off for sure. <laughs> He's actually working on it. And man, that's good to see. Uh although it's even it's crazy. His season average is 2.8. So that lets you know at the beginning of the season, he definitely wasn't <laughs> yeah, he's right, ar- he's so right he's right around quarter. three right now. So he, he wasn't looking for everybody that much earlier. <laughs> But, yeah, and just kind of spread the wealth around the rest of the team. You know, a lot of people been saying stuff about Dave Roddy and Jack Laravia and the argument with De'Anthony Melton, which we smacked on Friday. You know, you know, all the petting this grits to it. I love it. It's fun and all of that. But if you want to be honest, Zaire at this time last year, Jack Laravia and Dave Roddy are probably on par with what Zaire was at this time last year. We just want to keep it 100. Before Zaire got hurt. <laughs> Zaire wasn't when he became until I think he had an injury. So that's why I haven't been hard as hard on the rookies yeah. as most everybody on Grizz Twitter are. 
because Zaire, his first month was looking probably exactly yeah. like them. It very inconsistent, had a game or two where he shot fairly decently, but it's it's kind of hard. They kind of got put in a position because of Zaire being hurt and he had to produce a little, you know, a little more than we thought coming in. But I think they'll be fine. John Conchar has been big John, or big John, big, big, big John. John, as she would say, has been doing doing pretty well in his time. But hey, shout out to the Grizzlies, Brandon Clark and Tyus Jones are starting to get going as well. Hey, they on a roll. Players are coming back soon, hopefully. And once we become complete, I, I don't see what could stop us. I, I, I can't even. Yeah, and as it. you can see for the rookies, man, the game's starting to slow down for them, um, which was kind of what led to them struggling early on. The game was a little, moving a little bit too fast, especially with David Roddy, because, you know, David Roddy was getting an extensive amount of minutes uh, right out the gate, and he wasn't shooting the ball well. As you can see with the veterans kind of working with him uh, throughout this stretch and letting them know, like, hey, this is where you need to be. You can get a shot here, you know, so forth and so forth. And you see the game slowing down for him. Then we already talked about Jake LaVervy. He's looking like the second coming of Mike Miller. So <laughs> it, it is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, sky's the limit, man. Yeah, and just now, I didn't want to leave out any players, but Santi Adama in the last couple of games has, bring, has been bringing a lot of, like, good energy and effort out the bench. He could tell he kind of struggled going back to the bench, starting out initially because, I mean, he had been starting most of the season, but – Oh, last couple of games, his energy and his three point shots started back falling. So, shout out to Santi as well. Yes, Santi, shout out. I apologize because I gave you hell come from from the summer league. I did not think <laughs> you was gonna be uh, on this uh, on this wave that you're on now. I'm happy that you are. I'm happy things are going well. I hope they continue. So, my apologies, brother. Keep going. <laughs> right on. But- Going forward, the Grizzlies have a home stretch of five games in a row before they go on a mean road streak uh, over the holiday break. But five home games, they coming off of what, two wins. Hey, it's time to get on the run, so let's predict this week. Play the Miami Heat first, who are kind of starting to turn around with Jimmy Butler coming back from injury. OKC, middle of the week. So I think it's every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Miami Monday, OKC Wednesday, Detroit Friday at home. What do y'all got for this week for the Grizzlies? Um, let's see. So you said Grizz, Thunder, Pistons. Let's see. I think they'll be able to grab the game against the Heat. Um, I haven't seen much of the Heat this year, but I think um the Grizzlies have done fairly well at home. The the, the home crowd for sure, for those that have not attended a home game this season, have been pretty amazing so i think the grizzlies have been able to kind of feed off of that energy there i'm still not sure what the heck cal lyra looks like um so i'm pretty sure he won't be able to stay in front of john Morant. so that may be barbecue chicken there um the thunder definitely worry me so um again that one's at home as well i think they'll be able to grab that one then they have the piston so give me give me three and no give me three and no over these next three games. Let's see maybe if I can pull up to one of these. But, yeah, give me three and up. Mm. I'm going to take two and one with a loss to Miami. Uh, I think Miami catching the Grizz on the back-to-back, and especially after Miami had a hell of a win in Boston when Jimmy Butler just looked like he couldn't miss. Uh, that may be the game that helped ignite something for Miami. And then catching the Grizz on the back-to-back where – 
the game tonight against Detroit, you you had a feeling that Grizz, the Grizz could have blown them out by 20 and probably had the coast of the win. But the fact that Memphis only won by 10, despite dominating this game, it, it's a, it could be a concern going into this game tomorrow against Miami. So I think they they lose there. And then they win two in a row um, at home. I think they take care of business against OKC and then – they uh, double up on the win column in their uh, season series against Detroit on Friday. So give me two and one. Yeah, I'm going to roll with Trevor on this one, man. Two and one. I think um, Jimmy's back. Um, now we do, we're day to day with Max Strews, Tyler Hero um, right now. So I'm sure both of those or one of those is definitely going to play. Um, and I think the missing of Desmond Bain is, gives me advantage heat on this one because of not just a back-to-back, but again, shooter ready corner pocket. I mean, we've been kind of struggling as a uh, team. Miami has been struggling with that. So without Desmond Bain, I will say that there's a loss there, but then again, two straight after that, take care of business and and get ready for the rest. So give me two on one. Um, Kyle Lowry, no Kyle Lowry. It takes five to win. So give me Miami on that one. I'm gonna go three and zero. I'm, I'm gonna go three and zero. I think the Grizz take the the game against the Miami Heat a little bit more serious as they should and don't play with their food. Hopefully, um, I think it'll be a close game for sure. But I think it'll be one of those games where the Grizz, you know, just find a way to win. Uh, the Miami Heat, they definitely been balling. Y'all, y'all gonna put some respect on my guy Kyle Lowry name, even though he ain't top ten anymore. Still respect him, damn it. Um, but <laughs> but no, in in all truthfulness, uh, I think the Grizz again go three and zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 can, I can go three and zero, but that Miami uh, Grizz game is going to be a lot closer than than it needs to for sure. But I think they'll pull off the win against so. That's what's up, man. Kyle Lowry shooting forty percent from the field this year. Yeah, put some respect on his name. Nah, not at all. My boy, my boy Jimmy, my boy Jimmy need a little more help than Kyle Lowry out here. But you know, it might come, but we'll see. They ain't beating the Grizzlies tomorrow night, though. They ain't beating the Grizzlies. No, he Grizzlies come first for me, Jimmy, my boy. But the Grizzlies come first. The Grizzlies gotta what scared me, you know, what happened last year. They lit us up in three, and that could happen. It very well could happen. <laughs> I was at the game. But I'll get the Grizzlies guy pull up and win. Now I'm thinking the NBA standards, bro. This is crazy. Like the Eastern Conference. I'm thinking the East first. Miami's 11 and 12, but they only two games behind the four, the four seed, which is, you know. Yeah, we we always ask for parity. We got parity this year because the West Conference ain't no different. I mean, heck, the Lakers only five and a half games back from the one seed. <laughs> they on the road right now. So, hey, the Grizzlies. And, no and Anthony Davis just dropped another 50 piece. Right no, no, 55 and, and 17. Uh, 55 Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh no. just dropping 40 against the Bucks. Yes. And he just gave the Bucks yeah. 40. So, yeah, bro. Yeah. Stay healthy. That's all we ask. That's all we say. <laughs> they stay healthy. They're good. Just need to stay healthy. <laughs> um, going back to the Grizzlies, though. Four, we're at number four right now. We're on two games behind. The Suns always find a way to be number one. They always find a way. Grizzlies, <laughs> you did, you did, Skyler. But it's on December. Let's see it. Let's see it. Let's see it. April now. <laughs> but you did tell us, though. Yeah, they, they go find their way despite Chris Paul and whatever's going on. You know, hopefully everything's good. And, you know, 
you know, we're not getting to that. But yeah, this is prime opportunity. Five game home stand, three this week. They are very winnable. Five straight games at home. This is a chance to make a run. You know how we won that with 11 game winning streak last year, and we jumped up to the number three seed and eventually took over number two. This is their chance to kind of even maybe separate themselves from the pack, but definitely like solidify themselves as the top one, two seeds. So give me three and oh, go and go with two Cascal on this one. Three and oh, they beat Miami. Okay, C is probably the one that probably scares me the most, kind of like what Scout said. We just beat them. It was pretty close. Shea Gildress has been killing lately, but against us, Dylan Brooks put the clamps on them. And I, I believe that happened again. And Friday, Detroit, long still go sleep at the wheel, like I said about the Minnesota game. Maybe they could sleepwalk and win that game, but I prefer them to go ahead and not play with the food like Trevor said. Don't. Go ahead, take care of business, knock them out. You got five games at home. Got Atlanta and Milwaukee coming up next week. Go on, take advantage before you have to go on that road trip to Phoenix and go to State for Christmas and all of that. And go ahead, be potentially the top seed of the West. So, Grizzlies, let's get it. But that does it for the episode. Let's see if I got anything else. Cool. Well. Remember, follow us. Twitter is still here, folks. Twitter is still here. I don't know how much longer. I have heard you think about it being gone, so I don't think it's going anywhere. Twitter is still here. Follow us on Twitter at the start of 5 and 5 M-E-M, as we'll be bringing back that Q&A segment. Going forward, meant to do it this week. Forgot. NFL Sunday, kind of hard. to College football championship weekend. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> so we'll bring it back upcoming weeks. Also, follow Grizzly Bear Blues, SBN Grizzlies, and check out the articles at grizzlybearblues.com. I do have the report card for the Heat game, so check that out tomorrow as well. And listen to the other podcasts on network, GBB Live, Core 4 Podcast, Next Gen, and Grizzly Bear Bets. Also, follow me on Twitter at the one D-A-O-N-E underscore P-Shark. First of all, the way you just eloquent when and never mind, I tried to say the word, but you really went through that really, really well, Sharky. <laughs> I just fumbled that word, but dang, you went through that really, really well, Sharky. Uh, I'm at underscore Scott on Twitter. I know she is over the big fumble. Big fumble. Oh my God. <laughs> when you when you talk African Americans, can you say specific and they got sold down? Like pussy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> pussy. <laughs> The word that Skyler was looking for there was eloquently, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I'm at the art of Trevor, of course, of is a preposition, you know what not to do with it. Lee past Trevor knows we'll be back this week. I had to take a break because you know, college football, championship weekend, all the football, and of course, the great basketball that's been on. Oh, yeah, acknowledge your grind, son. So that's all I'm gonna say. Well, I need your grandson to come and play some basketball for me tomorrow night because <laughs> I got somebody who just dropped 44, 10, and 8, and I got to guard him tomorrow. But anyways, man, it's really <laughs> shit. And, yes, I got the stats to prove it. Uh, y'all pray for me on that one. <laughs> hey, good luck tomorrow, Sheedy, for real. You're going to need it, man. But who knows, man? Who knows? But it's uh, at Tab Shakir, and just so that y'all know, we turning up uh, on the Twitter page at uh, Grizz Vibes. So make sure y'all follow at Grizz Vibes as well. We we turning up, been been tripping a little couple of days, but hey, we getting back to it. I promise. At Grizz Vibes, make sure y'all follow the vibes. Yep. Shout out to Coach Sheedy. Good luck. Good yeah. luck, man. <laughs> <laughs> you said 44, 10, and eight. The boy, his name is Cyrus. 
something junior. The man is averaging 37 points a game. He just dropped 44, 10, and 8 his last basketball game. Yeesh. Yes. That's when when you tell your – that's when you just tell your players the best defense is just to put a hand up, pray to the Heavenly Father, and whatever happens, happens. Like, that's that's (laughs) – at that point, that's all you can do. Yeah. I'm just saying – that's what me and two can do against David Stoudemire. Just, just like, oh, here we go. To this time. I should have found it.